This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. It's the 70th anniversary of WDET, and that means many current and former employees are reflecting on how much has changed over the years and how much the mission here has stayed the same even as all of that change unfolds. Recently, Detroit Today producer Jake Neer spoke with two longtime WDET vets who are still here in 2019. Carmen Garcia is the Associate Director of Philanthropy and started at the station in the early 1980s as an on-air host. And John Mosier is the host of Modern Music. So at the time, there were two official substitute music hosts. It was me and Tim Police. Mm. And so I was in charge of the music library um, and had to sub for every show, which was a really great education for me at that time because... I had to be able to do Ed Love's Jazz Show. I had to be able to do Robert Jones Blues from the Lowlands. I had to be able to do the Arkansas Traveler. I had to be able to do the electronic music show, the daytime music variety shows, uh, Chris Feltzen's, uh, uh Sunday afternoon show, the listening room. Uh, so it was, it was really uh, a wild ride, but a really great opportunity to learn a lot more about music because you couldn't get on the air here and, and just sort of, you know, half-ass it. You know what I mean? You had to pull it off uh, with some authenticity. And, and so it was, it was a great opportunity as a, how old was I, 10? <laughs> <laughs> well, and just from that list, I mean, it's so clear, I think, to anyone listening, how different the programming was here at WDET at the time that music was really the, the driver of what you heard when you listened to WDET. Yeah, yeah, and there was so much variety of, of music. Right. Um, there were a lot of shows that specialized in a lot of different areas of, of music from, you know, like I said, folk music to uh, island, you know, reggae music, Caribbean music, and, and bluegrass and jazz and classical and, you know, everything in between. So, yeah, it, that's what DET was back then, mm. really, you know. Uh, Carmen, you were here, uh, you go all the way back to the early 80s, in and around WDET yes. since the 70s. Right. Now, uh, right. the station's gone through even more sort of change in what you what people would tune in and hear since then. Talk about that. Sure. Uh, I was part of a group of community producers, so um, airtime, airtime was given um, partly because there was a challenge. You know, back at that point, everybody on radio and television was a white man. Mm-hmm. And so communities um, of color were saying, we don't see ourselves represented in the media, and we'd like to make that change. And so public stations, more than commercial stations, would, would give over an amount of time for weekly programming. And it was kind of like, okay, sink or swim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was privileged to be part of El Grito de Mirasa, which is the longest-running community-produced Latin program um, on public radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to El Grito de Mi Raza. I'm Lupe Lara, and I'll be with you for the next couple of hours as we take a musical journey through Latin America. We have a lot of important events that are happening in our community, and we have a couple of guests here for our program today. We are starting out our 24th year of El Grito de Mi Raza, and we're very proud of that. And let's start out, as is customary, Gloria, with a very hot polka. Oh, la polvadera. <laughs> Te extrañaba, la extrañaba, Lupe, well, you're going to love this one. It's something brand new we just got on the Rounder series, Joe's Special. And this goes out to all the men at Milan University. A bailar, muchachos. Boy, we were hippies, Jake. Here's how we <laughs> produced heard, the yeah. show. We produced the show by committee. How much of a nightmare wow. does that sound like? But it was fun. <laughs> we would get together on Sunday morning for brunch, 
and we would um, lay out the segments. And so my role in it was doing news. And news from Latin America was tough to come by at that point. Mm. So it was a lot of subscriptions to the New York Times and other periodicals. And I would cut and paste and, and always attribute that it came from the New York Times. And we did have um, uh, an AP machine, but that was, you know, spotty. So um, I was responsible for the news roundup from Latin America. And we had a segment of ranchera music, mariachi music. Uh, we and then we ventured into Brazilian music, mm. and so it was. It was a couple of out. Well, El Grito was on the weekend, and I think we were two hours to begin with, and then expanded to three hours. So there was a lot packed in there. Um, music from all over Latin America in segments, and lots of people uh, took turns hosting, and it was a lot of fun. But yeah, we were hippies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but wasn't it a big deal, Carmen, when that show was taken off the oh, yeah. air? There was a Big community uproar. Yeah. Was, and what year was that? I want to say 94. Okay. So just before I arrived, I remember hearing about the, mm. the, the outrage that people had that that show was taken off the air. Mm. But here's what's so great. Let's fast forward now to 2019. This is the most diverse staff of mm. people at the radio station, staffers, decision makers, that we would have not dared dream about in the late 70s and sure, early 80s. Right. So this place not only opened a door for the voices and continues to open a door for voices, but now has has welcomed people as decision makers and, and policy makers for this radio station. And that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Speaking of, of hippies and diverse voices at the same time, I was recently talking with Frank Joyce, who was the <laughs> news director of WDET back in the early 80s. And we were talking about there was this sort of nexus between people who worked at WDET, but also WJZZ, mm-hmm. WCHB. They seemed to, when they left one place, they would go to the other. A lot of them came to WDET, either in the time after they worked at these other stations or that they were taking time off from those stations. And what Frank said that I thought was fascinating was WDET at the time, radio was so segregated. This was the only station where you heard white white voices, black voices, Latino voices, just the, the diversity that existed. You didn't hear that anywhere else in Detroit that radio was so segregated at the time, mm-hmm. which is what is interesting to me talking to the two of you about the changes over the years. And what has also stayed the same as well, too. Mm-hmm. That That is a huge part of what we do here uh, at WDET to this day. Yeah, we, you know, back then, and, and um, Carmen, I'm sure it was the case with when you were there, too. You weren't, well, you were doing, uh, working with some music. But, you know, we felt this kinship, those of us that were involved in music and the, the music department and doing music shows with people that were doing news and information and, and, you know, public affairs programming. Because we all felt like we were doing the same thing. We were just approaching the mission from a different angle. There's a lot of music out there from a lot of different places all over the world that doesn't get exposed. And so our job in the music department was to sort of expose people to a new world of, of, of music. At the same time, we were exposing voices and providing a platform for voices for people that were marginalized in the community through mainstream media. And, and so, you know, Really, we were doing the same thing towards a a shared mission, and we're continuing to do the exact same thing to this day. You know, the, the, the shows may change here and there. You know, personalities may change. They may come and go. Some of us get to come back after several years. Um, but the mission always stays the same. And, and that's something that I think all of us that work in public radio 
really uh, uh, feel very strongly about. It's sort of this unwritten mandate that this is what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to fill the gaps that mainstream media, le- media leave behind. We're here to enlighten. We're here to educate. We're here to provide a voice and a platform. And uh, yeah, the mission's never changed, has it? And you could only do it in public radio. I yeah. mean, when you, if you're, if you're a commercial station, and and really the the top concern is bottom line is about ad revenue and making sure that you're doing the thing that uh, is is sort of uh, narrowly appealing to the most people possible. You can't have such a an amazing diversity of programming, and you can and and, and be able to have so many different kinds of music on your station. I mean, obviously, um, if you if you want to maximize ad revenue, you play the yeah. you, people who play top we'd, forty, we'd right? Playing Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. I remember the first time uh, um, someone in management told me an, an old general manager here told me at one point. I said, you know, I, I don't know how great the ratings are on the show, and uh, this person said, I'm not so concerned about ratings. Your show helps us be culturally relevant. Mm. And I remember that really struck me, and I thought, that is at the heart of what public radio needs to do. Yes, we need an audience. We need support. That's why we're, we do fundraisers. But the whole idea of why we are here is not to generate revenue. The idea of being here is to support and serve the community. That's number one. If we can do that and we get enough community support that we can pay the bills and we can do some exciting things, then we're doing it well. We're doing it successfully. And that's what this radio station strives to do every year that we're on the air. But isn't that number one? And the model for uh, revenue generating and that, you know, go to the widest well you can is to provide um, uh, revenue for stakeholders. Well, in this setting, our stakeholders are the community. Mm, right. The entire is the community. The mm-hmm. entire community uh, is full of our stakeholders. And they're diverse and it's, it's messy and it's, uh, you know, like I can remember doing getting off the air on El Grito doing the roundup of Latin American news and I got two phone calls first one was said you guys are a mouthpiece for the Reagan administration you're all <laughs> you're so conservative and the next call was you lefties you're so liberal <laughs> and that's when I realized okay so we've hit the yeah yep, we know the, the feeling <laughs> yeah hit the mark because nobody's happy in the extreme that's funny um Jake you were talking about the well-worn path between WJZZ and WDET and one of the people who uh, I was privileged to work with, Steve Williams. He would create these sound design uh, and create songs and so, like remember the I can remember the promo for Ms. for Doctor Science. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he did. The promo was better than the show. Upon my every statement, you can have complete reliance. I know more than you do. Call me Doctor Science. I have a master's degree in science. Sorry, apologies to all the Dr. Science fans that are still out there. (laughs) Um, He went on to be the program director at WJZZ, who hired me to do Morning Drive there. So I was the first woman to anchor a Morning Drive show in this in this market and he was the driving force with that and i had just missed ed ed had come over here i'd gone over there um but yeah that uh that connection with wjzz and wchb is strong um and lots of lots of good synergy there Right. And and one of the things that another thing that Frank Joyce and I talked about was back in the 80s, he said that their pledge drives were at the time. Now we do fundraisers back then. Pledge drives <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
is they were so fun to him. You're saying that you know that for a long time we've done these sort of sketches and skits mm-hmm. as part of that. That Frank said. Let's do this all the time. We'll be all pledge radio, one hundred percent of the time. Um, I'm sure, Carmen, oh, you're glad that that didn't happen. I'm but glad that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's still it's true that you know you don't even when you listen during ple- uh, the fundraiser here at WDET, it doesn't sound like any other station on the air. No, because we put the fun in fundraising, and I know right. people roll their eyes at me when I say that, but we really do, um, and we we try to make it about the listener and make it about the gifts that they provide so that we can give back to them on a daily basis. Uh, the other thing that, that I remember from Frank Joyce's tenure here was he introduced sports into the newscast in the morning, mm-hmm. and there was an uproar about that because people didn't come to public radio to hear what the Tigers did. Hmm. Imagine. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's still, I mean, I think that there are a lot of public radio stations that still have that attitude, but I know that our listeners are, are interested, mm-hmm. so that's it's, it's phenomenal. Um, Carmen Garcia, Associate Director of Philanthropy here at WDET, um, a veteran of WDET going back to the early 80s. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And John Mosier, host of Modern Music here at WDET, uh, going back to 1996 is the music librarian. Thank you so much. Uh, you got as well. it, Jake. It's good to be here. That's going to do it for us this week. I'll be back on Monday, and I hope you will too. I don't know what number we hit this hour, but I heard lots of names being read during the pitch break. So thank you to everyone who has supported us during the fall fundraiser. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.